listening to Fresh Take. You are listening to the Fresh Take Network. With Nick G, Sound of Sexy Dangerous Devonier, Devin Seal, and the returning Adam Diesel Power. Don't call it a comeback. It's been a second. Who's this guy? He's too good for us. He was on strike as well, apparently. I shaved. <laughs> I shaved. I legally am not allowed to talk while the, the strike was on. There you go. That's why we it's waited. Part of my, we waited till 12 part of my contract. and we got you back. It's it's kind of <laughs> like, you know, Brie Larson and uh, Tom Hiddleston are going to the Tonight Show and they can finally promote stuff tomorrow. K.E. Kwan was allowed to promote Loki tonight. Now we got Adam back to come on podcast again. Yeah, I'm basically the same as all those people you just mentioned. Yeah, and more. An Oscar so. Like two of them. He's our industry correspondent. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So Yeah, that yeah. sounds better. Uh, first and foremost, uh, let's talk about the strike. So the strikes for both are over. A lot of stuff is delayed. Um, Adam, since you kind of are literally our insider, uh, you probably have dealt with people, you know, on the, on both sides of it, kind of just maybe just kind of a rundown here of, I'm going to ask you kind of a lot of questions here. So just, you feel to go in a rant because I'm sure we're all interested <laughs> of, uh, how it dealt, how you dealt with the festival with um the the strikes going on at the time because i believe the writer strike was still going on when you guys had the film festival and then just kind of everything you've heard from the friends that you've had in the industry as it was going on you know i you you were hearing that the last week there was starting to be a lot more pressure to get it on but kind of start first with your experience at the festival and then what you've heard from friends that were in the industry until yesterday yeah i think um it, it obviously was like a big a big player when we were doing our festival and the whole festival season this year, like TIFF and Venice and everything, the the fall festival circuit um, was hit pretty hard by it. To be honest, SIF isn't quite at the same level of Venice or TIFF, unfortunately, um, when it comes to like stars, but it did affect our like industry week. It's, it's harder to find um, like talented people to come to the festival and talk about industry things um we did have we did have one i don't want to say who it was but we had a pretty famous um actor who was going to come to the festival um but then it fell through for other reasons but there were very specific rules around what they were allowed to talk about and what they would like if they were to come and do a conversation it couldn't be about the film that they were in was an indie film at the festival and they had a waiver to be able to talk about it, but you couldn't talk to them about any future projects or anything like that. You could talk about history. You could talk about like their previous projects, things like that. And they had the waiver to discuss this current project, but there was no discussion about future or, or anything that was like happening right now. Right. Yeah. So, so that really cut off a lot of opportunities to, to have people from the industry talk about stuff. So that was, that was kind of interesting. Yeah, and then, you know, as far as the friends you, that you have within the industry, you were hearing Matthew Bellamy was talking about it on the Town podcast today, 
and talking to, uh, I think that's the second hand to Fran Dresser uh, about, you know, their perspective and everything. It sounded like specifically the actor side directors, obviously Sean Levy had talked about it with Deadpool, how antsy he was getting. We Todd Gardner, the Mortal Kombat director spoke out about how he was kind of getting itching to get his project going on. What are you had what had you had heard about friends that were in the industry and how antsy they were starting to get? Yeah, I think people just want to get back to work, even even yeah. not like the the top level stars or anything like that. But everybody who works in film that isn't an actor, even right, or that does any any sort of other work, post production, whatever, that was all at a standstill, right? Yeah. So they're just kind of twiddling their thumbs, hoping. And for some of those other people, like this union isn't even their union that's like discussing this stuff. Yeah. Right. Well, so I'm... if you're in like this, this, the sound union or like there's other, there's a lot of other unions, but this one's kind of like putting everything on hold. Yeah, that's where, and I'll bring Devin and Nick into this discussion here with the Drew Barrymore side of things, where I saw her point of what she was trying to do. I don't think she handled it correctly, but you know, she has other people that work on that show that were trying to go back to work as well. Now, maybe, she, I don't know if there was a right way or a wrong way to handle it. And I'm interested kind of in all your guys' perspective of how it was done. Obviously, the writer strike ended pretty close to it. So she, she got to go back and everyone got to go back. But I I don't want to say I sympathize, but I understand what she was doing because she had other people on that show, costume designers, makeup people, sound people, like you mentioned, Adam, that wanted to get back to work and weren't on strikes. And well, I don't think when she was coming back, it was a much as much about her. It was about the other people. Uh, Nick, what did you think about the whole Drew Barrymore thing? Um, I understand kind of for both sides, but I I thought she got way too much shit for that. Honestly, I too, um, yeah. you know, it, I mean, it, it it was what it was. I understand her perspective. Did she go about it the right way? Maybe not. You know, but it's like. You know, I think she did what she had, what she felt she needed to do. Um, and she got like crucified for that. So, yeah. Dev, kind of the same thing. Uh, I'm a little more on on the middle of the fence, I suppose, because we see other late night talk show hosts, or I guess she's not late night, but you know what I mean? Talk show hosts footing the bill for a lot of those expenses for their, yeah. uh, for their employees. And someone of that stature, although I don't know the finances of her show, the counter argument is if Conan can do it or if anyone else can do it, why can't she do it? She was a star well before this talk show. And in fact, the talent, when you're the headline talent, you probably have a lot more to gain by being the first to air than a lot of your contemporaries, right? Especially monetarily wise. And so if you're talking about her making millions of dollars or whatever large figure that you can get just so that her staff can make hundreds of thousands of dollars in a lot of cases uh yeah she went about it the wrong way and then kind of adam just on that point yeah that's i feel exactly what dev just said it's like you're trying to be advantageous of a really shitty situation by doing that i mean she did a terrible thing she didn't do the absolute worst thing which would have been just go on chat GPT and get them to write the shows for, yeah. for her, which could have been a, an, an alternative. Um, instead, she's a full-on scab. Uh, <laughs> and just yeah, 
Like you've you've lit, she's grown up in this industry for basically her entire life. Her whole right? life, yeah. She's so been GT in this industry. On. She's utilized. She's utilized these unions. She's been with them. Like you can't just like jump that ship and say, like what Dev's saying. It's like oh, all these other people have to eat. It's like, but you're the like million million millionaire running this thing, where there's other thousand heirs that you you employ, like and but they're all like on board with all this. You can't you can't just like. You can't just switch gears like that. Um, this is another roundtable question here. Uh, unless you, unless you had something else you want to follow up there with there, Adam. No, I just, I was, I was honestly expecting more people to do it. I was quite surprised that Drew Barrymore was really the Bill only. Bill Maher was going to do it as well. Person he's an who, asshole already, so people didn't really yeah, care because people already hate him. I think if. If this would have gone into 2024, I think we might have started to see, or if the writers won even held a little bit longer, I think we might have started to see some people start jumping ship and like doing some weird, weird stuff like that. Um, but I mean, it's probably for the best that nobody else really jumped into that and and yeah. seeing what happened, like how how uh, you were saying that, like how crucified she got, maybe that was for the best so that nobody else really and and it did seem to work in everyone's favor for both of these unions. Well, realistically, um, yeah, go ahead, Doug. Realistically, if this were to extend into twenty twenty four, this is where you'd start seeing the union trying to make concessions in different subsections of their union. Right, variety comedy show writers would probably be someone that would be treated have to be treated differently, and then thus negotiate differently than someone mm -hmm. who's on a syndicated. 24 episode show versus a HBO show versus whatever. So we, what we would have seen wouldn't have been the strike breaking. We would have seen certain people go out to work under these certain conditions. Yeah. Yeah. Different loopholes. I remember when the strike first happened, I remember looking at what the rules were and it was like what you were allowed to do and not allowed to do. And some of the weirdest things were like, you were allowed to do soap operas because soap operas are under like a different union or like something so I was just picturing, like, if this went for a year, like, you'd have all these, like, celebrities just spinning up strange soap opera type shows just to, like, get work. And, like, that would have been a really interesting thing, like, a sort of what if. But we kind of saw that with yeah, WWE, right? Because John Cena had to go to the Guild to get permission, but he went back to WWE for three months. The Rock showed up. Dave Batista probably would have showed up eventually. Mm -hmm. You kind of, I mean, there was a big celebration from the Cody Rhodes people talking gibberish to Nick and uh, and Devin right now. Um, but there was a big celebration from the Cody Rhodes people that <laughs> Who Rock are and, and Rock and Roman probably isn't happening now, and that it gets to be Cody again. So there was a lot. Of, I always thought the uh, the SNL we got to do Jumanji three, right? There you go. The SNL four. loophole four, four. Jumanji the, four. The SNL side of things was weird to me. Right, because at first I'm like, well, we're just going to do actor, uh, um, musicians, and athletes, and whatever, right? But then they started having like Pedro Pasquale and others on there. I'm like, how are they allowed to do SNL? That makes no sense. Why could the writers still do SNL? Well, because the writer strike was over. Oh, so like they, they Pete still Davidson I, was. On I don't follow premiere. SNL at all, so I have no idea. Yeah. Pete Davidson was on the premiere episode of my Ed. I'm like, and then the next week they had Bad Bunny on there. I'm like, okay, I guess they could technically say Pete's a writer still for them. I I guess I don't know. I, I didn't understand why Dave Pete was on there because he's obviously in the actors union. 
And then Bad Bunny was on there, but then they had Pedro Pasquale with him most of the episode because Bad Bunny's English isn't great. Uh, he's actually really funny, it's but fantastic. They, had, uh, they had to have <laughs> Pedro Pasquale on there for uh, for a majority of the episode. So, but and then before this actor strike ended, uh, this week it's Timothy Chalamet, which I wonder if they had that on the the docket originally with Dune that that was always the plan. Which no, well he, he's back. um. He's not promoting Dune or Wonka. He's promoting his clothing brand. Oh, right. Wonka's coming out. I forgot about that. Thanks. Didn't but Wonka I, yeah, already come out? No. What day is it? I don't even know. I, <laughs> I, feel, I thought that movie like came already. I thought that movie no, like... Sometime in, it's in December. Came out and nobody saw it. And then it just like is gone already. But oh, it hasn't I'll even let you know out. when okay. I see Hugh Grant as, a, as an Oompa you imagine that's like well isn't it, okay what's the effect where um it's december 15th it comes out the, effect. the the classic example of is like we think sinbad is in that movie oh it's the man uh you know, it's talking? The mandela the mandela, mandela, the mandela effect, effect. Yes. yes yeah is it like where like the, we just we all kazam we collectively we collectively um thought Wonka already came out and no one saw it <laughs> and bombed. Yeah, and then we all agreed that it had come out, and we're like, "Yeah, I think I saw it." Like, that would. Yeah, be I heard about it. Yeah, the reviews were bad. Well, that's probably still I, true, but I, I, yeah, the reviews were bad. It's over. The end. Um, the other big thing, uh, and I but it yeah. seemed like it was. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, Adam. I was just gonna say SNL is weird. I, I I'm I'd be curious to know like what that loophole was around all of those things. Yeah, because there must be something. Of... Are we pretending that SNL is like a fully improvised show and there's actually no scripts or anything? That's what I. Well, there is because we have you know thousands of writers. Like Odenkirk was a writer on there. Conan was a writer on there. Yeah, Rob like Smigel, every like yeah. We've we've all seen Thirty Rock. Elaney, yeah. Um, they're all, they're all writers. There's a full yeah. writers room. It, so I don't know what that loophole was about. Um, the other big, you know, tipping point with this was the AI stuff. And I think though, you know, it's kind of in our nerd culture, uh, and this is where Devin, Nick, and myself really stand out is you saw like, you know, a lot of younger stuff for AI, you know, in, in uh, Rogue One, we saw a dead actor portrayed with uh, AI. Uh, and I think, you know, that that was kind of the tipping point here of just saying like, you know what? We want to put Marilyn Monroe in a movie or James Dean in a movie. We can just fucking do that. Why not? You know, we'll just you know, put Aubrey Hepburn into the next movie and she can play side of uh, Channing Tatum. Why can't we do that? That seemed to be the real tipping point that they wanted to make sure that that wasn't a thing. And it seemed like the studios weren't going to budge until they finally did, but it's still only on three years. So we'll be going back to this all over again in three years. I I don't think that, what you just mentioned about the AI usage is not really what they were fighting against because that's been done so many times since. Like we just saw in Ghostbusters, right? We just see it in all these things where you get the well, rights without, from the state or the family the rights. or whatever. Their thing was we can, yeah, we have certain rights that's because Aubrey Hedburn or Clark Gable have been in our movies for years upon years. Yeah. So it's almost like um, into the, um, like Mickey Mouse next year enters into the, the public domain, like Winnie the Pooh just did, right? Um, so there, there, I think there was someone arguing like, oh, well, we can just argue that Clark Gable is in the public domain now. It's like, that makes no fucking sense. But not even, like, 
like you're talking if they they don't even have to go to the families right they don't, they don't. have to pay that anyone that's like they could just have them be background the actors is. or whatever yeah the, the funniest one i read was somebody like i don't want to see wilford brimley coming back and doing tiktok dances i do Got what to. for like some trolls for like diabetes, a trolls movie diabetes, no, why? Diabetes. <laughs> that would diabetes. literally get me to sign up for tiktok yeah i'm in i'm, I'm in but like like th- these things are already happening and i already i think there's other ethical gray areas with like using even with the express written and actual consent of the families or the estate of these people i like th- the physical people are gone and they are not signing off on their likeness being used in any sort of way. So I, I think that's a super gray area. Um, but without without anybody's consent and just being like, oh, we have your your uh, your likeness on record and we can just use it however we want. That's terrifying. Yeah. It's this yeah, movie, it's The Congress, idea. from like 15 years ago, if you've ever seen it. It's called The Congress. It's amazing. It's this exact yeah. concept. Um, but that was the 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 pitch that the studios gave like two days ago mm. I, I read about that and that was one of them they were like oh you you didn't want like background actors that was the biggest thing was like background yeah. actors could come in for one day and then they pay them one day and they'd own their likeness forever and they could yeah. just use it forever and yeah. so the the compromise that the studios came up with like oh background actors are fine but anybody who's like the top seven cast or something we can record whatever they do and then use it yeah. forever. Yeah. And it was yeah, like, no, that's not like a real compromise. Um, yeah, and so one. hopefully that's like gone. I haven't read the full, um, I, I read what SAG after post posted, but it was really kind of broad. It didn't really go into specifics, but I'd be curious where they really landed on that. Obviously the unions are fine, but I'd be curious where they kind of gave where it got to. Yeah, uh, Nick, your thoughts on all the AI stuff? Um, I don't know where I land. I'm not going to lie to you. I think uh, just the way that everything's going, you know, I don't know. I kind of want to see some shit. I'm not going to lie to you. I kind of want to see something. As a, as, a, as a fan of movies, as a fan of these, like, you know, of, I, I just want to see it. I want to see an AI movie. I want to see these under, uh, like, unbelievable superstar actors in a movie together. I want to see Clark Gable and Brad Pitt chair a seat. I want to see Marilyn Monroe, you know, hanging out with Al Pacino. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want to see that. That's where I'm at. Some of the some of the examples you just listed are amazingly interesting. So Is yes, I want to see those too. Is this going to be Heat too? <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Well, that's how you kind of because I did hear someone say like this is kind of how you would do Heat Two because there's no way Val Kimmer can be in Heat Two, but if you used AI, Val there Kimmer is now going to be Val Kilmer in Heat Two. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I I'm against it, but damn it, Nick, you made me <laughs> into it now. Just imagine the Expendables Five. With Charlie <laughs> Chaplin. Let's go. So no. the easy the easy way around Please, all, no. yeah. <laughs> the easy way around all this is just to watch animated things because you can design and create whatever you want 
yeah. without regards to how things look right so yeah. you want to see stories of different things and you just go watch i don't know cartoons i guess and at what at what point does animate yeah you're right because like a lot of animation could utilize a lot of this stuff and sort of skirt some of these issues like when you look at like rotoscope style animation where it's like animating live action right like yeah. waking life or other movies i don't know i'm trying to think off the top of my head but like that, that type of animation like what if you're rotoscoping ai created like dead celebrities how could you tell and like where would it i don't know like that feels like another another strange loophole that could come out well if you don't think that especially within the last probably year or two that AI is not being utilized by some of these YouTube channels to create children's content, to just mindlessly entertain your toddlers as they throw shit fits in Home Depot or whatever. Like we're already behind the eight ball, right? If the, the fact that we're talking about this now means that someone's already thought about these things and or monetized it and or utilized it. So as someone that has um, to watch Coco Melon, I can tell you this is true. That it's full on AI. It has to be. Well, even I, even I, think about a sane human being does not come up with some of the stuff I see in Coco Melon, where I want to stab my <laughs> eyes out. Well, think about the chord progression and pop songs, right? Like the these record labels studied forty years of pop hits, every number one hit, to get the the perfect chord progression, and all they do is they put it into different keys now. Yeah, right. That's been going on for at least twenty or thirty years, um, and then you what happens is you find a pretty young individual at a talent show in Orlando, Florida, or wherever you give them a couple of these songs. And then suddenly you are like a lot of these artists are manufactured by algorithms. Like they have no autonomy in terms of like artistry. They're not Bob Dylan. They're somebody else. They're, they're a plant for a record label with. Well, I'm glad you brought that up. Vast amounts. Okay. That was my transition. <laughs> So good job. The Beatles oh, song. Perfect. Okay. The Beatles song used with the use of AI. And I think it was, I, I thought it was enjoyable. I'm actually interested in everyone's thought here. Uh, I thought it was an enjoyable song, but you know, you, you look at a tape there, you know, John's lyrics were kind of messy that they had. They brought in some stuff from George and it all kind of worked and connected for this, you know, this final song that is, I don't think it was mind bending, but it was, interesting and cool that we got to have this last song from the Beatles. I'll push back. I haven't listened, I haven't listened to it. Okay. Yeah, and I probably back. never will. Oh. I'm just, we use, we use AI. So like broad, like just, we're just using AI and it's like, but what does that really mean? And I know yeah. with this, I, I haven't listened to the song. I know nothing about it, but from what I've heard is that some of it, a lot of the AI, AI technology that was used in this was cleaning up yes. like a recording that already yes. existed. So yes. that type of AI usage is very different than like, like creating brand new lyrics and then having like, um, like a John Lennon voice, AI produced voice, just like singing these lyrics over something different. Like th that seems like a very different concept to me of like AI usage. And that's very welcome. That's essentially I, I think, the right? essentially the argument is AI didn't AI didn't create anything that wasn't already there, and the Beatles, the the the, the surviving Beatles, got together in the early '90s to work on this demo tape, and they plucked things from those recording sessions 
in place of George. Mm -hmm. And uh, Paul McCartney filled in the rest of the gaps of the song in the style of George. So in this case, this is like, this is a song that was quite literally the last opportunity they had to be collaborative together rather than one person taking an idea or one person taking a demo and then just filling in the gaps. So that's my, that's where I push back on that. Yeah. It's a cleanup. It's a cover. It's an extension. It's it's not like an AI song. They worked on it twice in 30 years off of a demo tape from the seventies. So it's as close to a Beatles song as we're ever going to get. And I don't think that we can say like, Oh, AI helped it. AI pluck some lyrics off of a off of a cassette tape that was 50 years old so nick what do you got um to kind of go against what i was saying with the uh, the movies um i don't want to hear this this i don't want to hear i don't want to hear collaborations of artists that are you know past and dead you know i don't want to hear tupac and michael jackson do a song together i do not want that i do not want ai to create that actually kind of sounds weird <laughs> uh, maybe i do want that <laughs> you know but it uh but movies i want to see it music i don't know if i want to hear it i don't know if i'm fully sold on ai in that i mean i might have just sold myself on air but even without ai they'll utilize like (laughs) an old verse from somebody who's passed and like put in a new song is that kind of the same thing that you don't want that but then it's just like you're just like this like mashing it up it's like i don't know i don't know I, i i'd rather i don't know I don't like it. I don't think I like it. <laughs> well, that's why like holding with the new. You see a that's lot of that. The old stuff are so old and make the new stuff new and no overlapping of generations. All right. Got it. Yeah. You see a lot of those remixes <laughs> on TikTok. I mean, I'm sure you've seen them, Nick, of like the Michael Jackson, Tupac stuff or Eric Cartman singing a Creed song or something like that. Like there's a lot of that type of stuff on uh, online now. People kind of gelling stuff and I was, wasn't there like a Drake song that someone made up the lyrics, used the Drake AI, and it became popular? And like, it, it did pretty good. And Drake was like, what the fuck? I had nothing to do with this song, but someone completely made it up. On the flip That's side, on the flip side, Grimes has created a legal argument for any, for anyone who wants to use AI in her likeness and they split the royalties or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. That, Granted, yeah, there, there's, interesting thing. yeah it's going to be ways to utilize it. And some people are going to find really interesting ways to use this technology, I think. Um, but you just don't want it to be exploited, which is no. kind of where it feels like it's headed in this world. I think that's why the actors wanted to get ahead of it before it happened like the the one guy that was on uh the town was talking about you know they feel like they were a little bit ahead of streaming like the last strike the big fight was for webisodes and they're like we don't think webisodes are going to be a thing but there was that time where they thought oh there'd be like an office webisode or an episode of the lost webisode and how does this get broken down but some of the councils kind of saw that streaming potentially could be a thing in the way because it's Happened around 2007. Netflix is not exactly streaming at this point, but there was ideas about it going around because YouTube had started. Um, so they bought into that as early as they could. Obviously, the um, the royalties weren't there, and I thought they did a much better job, much like the writers did, 
of making sure if your show is a hit that you get a certain aspect of royalties coming towards you. So I, I that that was a that was a bonus there. But with the AI, that that did seem to be the fight to the very end of kind of why this took longer than it did for both the writers and for the actors. The actors, it's a different thing than it is for the writers. The writers, it's kind of like what you're talking about. Like it's just, are they going to get like a Chat GPT written script for them, and then? the writer can maybe add some different things here or there, but the chat GPT AI thing is the final say where as the, the actor or the art, the musician is we're kind of talking about as well. That's just kind of taking something entirely different in my opinion. In some ways you're taking their essence overall. I don't know who wants to Well, the art, the art, one of the, the, the crux of the argument also is, is that AI has not reached a point that's convincing enough that we can't distinguish between AI and individuals. Yeah. Um, essentially, the, an AI at this point in their lifespan combs the internet and just takes pictures of everything that we're actually asking it to look at and mashes it together. It doesn't actually create anything. It just makes a proximity of what it can search on the internet. But that's partially reason, what, what we do as humans, right? But yeah. it can just do it faster and much more expansively in like an instant, right? It can read everything. Like we're, we're an amalgamation of everything we read, what we consume, and then our output is, is a lot of inspiration from that, where this is like, it can take in whatever you tell it without any, any like subtleties or like things sneaking in there and just like mm -hmm. spit things out. Well, that's why things like text, like chat GPT in this instance are fairly convincing because you can, it can read millions of Wikipedia articles. It can read PhD theses. It could read scientific papers. And so scanning that individual word and then with the millions of other instances that it comes up in that connotation, that definition is very tangible. Pictures are a lot harder. That's why AI can't really get hands or they can't really get, you know, certain background details is because it's not actually being it's, it's trying to scan pixels but it's not actually really putting anything together it's just reorganizing it um so when we talk about ai writing scripts like it can write a probably a pretty good paint by number script because it's it's read thousands and thousands of scripts but it's never going to be original well what about yeah. like because because so many so many movies so many tv shows are based on existing ip as we know nowadays like 90 nine percent of everything basically mm -hmm. but like what's to say you couldn't just punch in like a famous novel and just throw it into an ai algorithm that's just like hey make a script out of this turn it into a screenplay so like like looking at at novels that exist and then screenplays that exist of those novels and then just like reading all of those and then reading a, an existing novel and then writing a screenplay like every adaptation could be done by a machine, essentially. Yeah. Theoretic, yeah. theoretic. Original ideas. Original ideas are very, very much more like yeah. that's a lot more difficult for an AI to come up with. But like adaptations, well, seems like a scary, scary area. Theoretically, the there is no barrier. And but what's the what's the one thing you hear a lot about adaptations of well-known books or classics? is that the person adapting it didn't really understand the source material. And you can quote Shakespeare off a page, you can have AI read Shakespeare off a page, but it takes a lot more 
from an individual actor or director in order to pull meaning behind certain things without actually describing it, you know? You think the AI doesn't have any feeling? Not yet. Because it might it certainly already. doesn't. <laughs> certainly, it certainly doesn't. It all these it can read about the, feelings and it can read about feelings. <laughs> well, well there's a really interesting so nice show. It's Amazon based... products. <laughs> Just a sure. really interesting show on Netflix called Pluto right now, and it's based. It's kind of it's basically Astro Boy, uh, but through a mature lens. And here's a really interesting scenario where Astro Boy is like the world's most complex AI. It's sentient and it literally understands or knows everything in the entire world, right? It, it's read uh, electronic engineering and forensics and law, but it's never experienced anything before. It doesn't know what uh, strawberries taste like. So imagine being the smartest thing that's been ever created. It knows everything that humans do yet it doesn't it has never felt but what is love Ex well exactly right? all these like intangible things how, how do, do you define love how do you and define what a straw how do you define what a strawberry tastes like like strawberry tell, <laughs> yeah but tell that tell that to someone that already knows everything but doesn't actually like how do you describe yeah. taste to somebody that's that's ai really is the ability to interpret and experience experience things is probably the key phrase there these ai's just regurgitate they don't experience anything yeah mm -hmm. isn't that uh dr manhattan and watchman yeah isn't that a very similar concept i love that adam's the one that pulled the comic reference he, he's not an ai he's not an ai no he's, like he's not an ai but he's, he's a who who knows everything yeah. and and like has read everything in the world hasn't experienced much and and does everything from an extremely logical point of view yeah kind of i think an ai and, actually and like struggles with that i think an ai actually wrote that synopsis because that kind of misses the point of dr manhattan hey oh <laughs> yeah i just typed it up on chat gpt um nick I, what have you been what have you been ai searching right now nothing i just uh Huh. Um, so we were talking, I mean, back to your point with, uh, you know, this, uh, the novelization of screenplays and whatnot, um, or vice versa. What's wrong with that? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not I'm saying just, there's anything wrong with that. Right. Um, I mean, that, I, it, they could just, yeah. They could, but then it's screwing over an entire section of the industry that might not be happy about it. And then to Devin's point, it's gonna be it's gonna be like a logical it's gonna be like a brute force film where it has like no like sometimes films have flaws right and screenplays have flaws and that's what makes them great then they're not like perfect paint by numbers like all the last james bond movies i'm gonna say just like paint by numbers kind of bland things um so i think yeah i don't know I, so, I don't know if there's anything wrong with it, but I, I don't think it's going to do anything good. What? Why? Because if you're if you an AI can do your job for you, especially as a writer, aren't you going to try and find those more original ideas so that you can actually get work with your original ideas, not just adapting something that's been done a hundred times over? But if like ninety nine percent of the the projects that get made are just adaptations, anyways, 
you're going to have like hundreds and hundreds of people fighting for these 1% of, of opportunities. But then that 1% gets broader, right? No, it's still 1%. No, it'll be more than 1%. <laughs> It'll be more, why would they do that? Why would it be a bigger one percent? But why would a studio like? I think we're at this point too, where like, yes, the studios are compromising to get these unions to come back to work, but we all know that they're evil corporations that are already a thousand steps ahead. They're like, okay, we're going to compromise on A, B, C, D, E, F, G, but we're like already planning to exploit loopholes in all of these things. Like they're like already planning this shit. So example, I wouldn't expect is why the last the perfect example is why the last collective bargaining agreement had its flaws and now we're striking right is because by streaming services giving tons of people upfront money they didn't have to pay residuals for shows like suits the office friends that probably would have made its creators and stars they already made hundreds of millions of dollars in a lot of these cases but like multiple hundreds of millions of dollars could you imagine mm-hmm. if the friends cast or if the if the screenwriters guild or the actors guild were able to negotiate uh syndication for streaming on, on like as to what was similar during the 70s 80s and 90s like these people would jan Franson would be a billionaire oh yeah like cut and dry like there's really no way two ways yeah. about it so yeah you're right this this entire like these unions fighting for things, I think Adam is a great point that they're already so far advanced because these corporations have already kind of projected what's going to happen in the future. Mm-hmm. Well, they, they angle the entire industry. So they can just kind of angle it that way. And like what you said, uh, how streaming kind of screws syndication. It's like, that's not an accident. That was not done by accident and just coincidence. Like, so to, to what we were talking about, Nick, with that is like, if you can pay zero writers why would you ever pay a writer for an for like a uh, an adaptation why would you ever pay a writer for an original idea i'm sure you'd have the odd one that like gets through so that people can go yeah the oscars and be like that one idea was great but like everything else would just be biopics and like adaptations of novels which will be novels written by ai or what's that thing um that's like where you crowdsource the oh kickstarter no 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 no. it's like you write part of a novel and then other people can come like wikipedia and just like add to it and then it gets like released to the public as like somebody wrote this but it's just like some weird well like group group project (laughs) like not that we would know but they call the simpsons can be written by ai and because they have they, have they have so much they have so much data now that ai can write yeah. simpsons and they don't need to have an, another original idea ever and people wouldn't probably know the difference <laughs> yeah get, with simpsons it, definitely it would have to get cleaned up right it'd have to take out non sequiturs and have to just make a general flow but the entire plot do you be... <laughs> do you <laughs> that's fan you're thinking of family guy family yeah. guy has like no plot structure at least the Simpsons has like <laughs> yeah. 23 minutes of like beginning, middle, and end. Does it? Have you watched Simpsons in the last 20 years, 10 years? No. Actually, you made a statement earlier and you said that James Bond has really phoned it in. So you're someone whose opinion I, I'm always <laughs> surprised by. 
what was the last what was the last truly original James uh, Bond in your opinion? None of them probably. <laughs> no, you like I just the, use that as an example. But the way that you've kind of like, phrased it meant that like you not think, since like the eighties, probably. So you think a James Bond in the eighties was like the last truly original Maybe. idea? Maybe. Nick? Goldeneye. Oh. I don't know if true I don't I'm not saying original idea. I'm just saying style of film. I'm saying it's like a like beat by beat pacing is so like basic of like of like just the attention span of an audience mm -hmm. to like like action scenes to talking ratio to just like build out a movie. Like the ideas can be whatever. The ideas can be new, they can be fresh, but just the style and the structure of the films are very paint by numbers. Gosh. Where it's like, you know, at, you know, at one hour, it's gonna, at one hour, something's gonna happen because like your dad in the back is like starting to fall asleep. So you got to throw something in there to like kick his ass and like get him, get him back into the movie or like. Oh, they do tons like of those kind of things screening, you know private screenings yeah. and kind of I, I would say like that. you know when Casino Royale came out it was so different because people it, it took the gimmicky bond stuff away and added a, a right. different layer to it and specifically with the west the vesper story on top of it everything now they kind of lingered with a lot of we saw the last writer strike of uh, effect the bond movie with quantum of silence that you know just an absolute shit show skyfall still one of my favorite bonds of all time but you know took a lot of what made <laughs> Casino Royale good and then took other elements to make it good. But I would say Casino Royale really changed the 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 plot of everything like that. And then after Skyfall, then yeah, I would say it was kind of paint by numbers. Skyfall had a different a little bit of a different vibe to it. But you know, this last one was just kind of a oh, there's Vesper and here's some stuff with this, and he's not a double O anymore, but he's gonna get it back. So there was the best, the best part in that whole movie. Not that we're, I, I want to go down that rabbit hole, but it was Anna de Armas's entire two minutes on screen. She stole the whole movie. So I, I to kind of go back to my original plot of everything, though. It, yeah, Casino Royale is the last time where a Bond movie felt fresh and different. Nick, you said Goldeneye. Why? Uh, because it was, it was, I, I think it's exactly that. Because I think the Daniel Craig ones, um, you have a continuous James Bond storyline, and that sucks. Because that's not what James Bond is about. And I don't like the Daniel Craig's for that reason. It's just a continuous story with, you know, repeating characters. And I'm like, nope, that's not James Bond. That is not Give James me Bond Christmas Jones, that I grew baby. up with. But that, uh huh. But I'm just saying, it's just one of those, like, I just, that's, that's more, um, yeah, that wasn't, that wasn't for me. Let's just, you know, no. no. I, I, I do tell you. I'll never, you. those are all did. one and dones, and I'm good. I, so, I, Oh, yeah, so this is this is only to Nick because he's going down this rabbit hole. <laughs> oh yeah, is James Bond a name of a person or a code name? Oh man, uh, do you know the answer? Do you know the answer? No, there's it's just, this is just a fan theory. The broccoli, the, the broccoli have never said. I'm gonna go it? with it's his. I'm gonna go with it's his real name. His code name is 007. Yeah. Okay. I so I agree. With but is what if he's a double agent? Double James Bond, double agent, double seven, double Man. double, o, code name. This, this is like why I didn't ask Adam this question. 
like every Mission Impossible movie. I, you thought I was the bad guy. We're going down the James Bond. Yeah, we're going down the James Bond rabbit hole. And I just brought that up as a total random choice out of the back you're, of my You're just brain. telling us you want to move on because you want to talk about the <laughs> Planet of the Apes trailer that came out. Yes, yeah. please. Fuck yeah. Nick, I, was, I just have, saw the picture. Nick, do you have hot takes on the, the new Planet of the Apes movies? The new ones? Yeah. Uh, I saw one. Uh, I could tell you which one. <laughs> That's a hot take. One. It's a, yeah, uh, uh, you know, I, I like the seventies ones. I like the I like the, the you know the original the Heston ones. That Planet of the Apes was never really my bag. I'm not gonna lie to you, which is weird because I love like King Kong movies. So you know, monkeys. you like giant monkeys, not regular sized monkeys. Right. I don't need <laughs> that. I prefer my monkeys playing hockey or snowboarding or skateboarding, like most most primate. primate. Most vertical primate, most valuable primate. Wow. Or like Dunstan checks in or like something like that. <laughs> I've never seen I've never seen any of the new Planet of the Apes and I oh, saw the picture for really? the new one. That's as they're far great. as my they're brain great. went. Yeah, they're actually like surprisingly yeah. underrated. I'm not saying that they're groundbreaking, but for a franchise that we thought was well and done for thirty years, minus the Mark Wahlberg fiasco. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess you can call them prequels because we don't know what the we don't know. If I grew up with those movies on TBS, man. Those movies were always on TBS. They'd always have the marathon on TBS or Peach T- Peachtree TV. So I was always in on them. And then like you said that we had the Wahlberg <laughs> debacle that happened, but those three were great, and I I'd love to know where they're going to go now because at the end of that one, I guess a minor spoiler alert: Caesar dies. Do but I, I'm assuming if it's if it's a continuation Who's for Caesar, where the which headache, one is Caesar? The monkey, James. The oh, the monkey. I was like yeah. James Franco. I, I wonder if they'll have a continuation from his world to now, where we have the fully fledged Planet of the Apes, where we were kind of building up to it with them versus the humans for a while. Yeah, they have speech in this one in society, and they're starting to give me. You better have some Doctor Zayas, man. Give me my Doctor Zayas. Doctor Zayas, Doctor Zayas. Yeah, Dr. Too bad not alive. Um, what's What's the name of this one? Uh, Rise. Right. It's Rise of Planet of the Apes. Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Uh, Kingdom, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Kingdom of the planet. Okay. Yeah. Great naming structure. I mean, look, the, the interesting thing hey, is hey, 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 sorry, Josh. You want to talk about names? Let's talk about Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3. Two. Part no, it's not not, not technically not. part two. Because there's two modern warfare threes, there's two modern warfare twos, and there's two modern warfares. Yeah. Not related. I was just gonna say so this like, is my rest six. <laughs> yeah. No, it's actually technically Call of Duty like twenty four. Um, yeah. I'm not kidding. What Planet of the Apes is this? <laughs> um, there was four. five. There was five originals. If you want to call yeah. them original, if anything after number one, five is original. Are they There's all five the same live actions? Filmmakers. Charleston Heston's only in <laughs> no, two no, of them, no. I think. Like, like directors. 
he might be in the in new season. ones. No, 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 no. Oh, Wait, I don't know. No continuations one... of the old ones. Yeah, I would say they're kind of prequels. They start off like in today's society, and they're going to start describing how they lead up to a society of a planet of the apes. But the first, oh, this is the... where this is where we can get AI Charlton Heston to come yes. into play. Well, that's a tough one because he was in a spaceship circling around the Earth thousands of times and went so forward in time. I mean, we have to we have to assume Charleston Heston's already in space in the 2020s, or I guess that'd be like 2017 when the first one came out, has now gone forward in time, and I guess so. So if we're yeah, we might get 2020 Charleston Heston in a movie in Planet of the Apes. So. Maybe that'd be terrifying. Technically that. possible. And at that point, Nick's kind of in because there's two <laughs> things that he loves: Strauss and Heston and monkeys. Yeah, I'm in. <laughs> I'm in. I, I I think it's a it's a solid friend. I mean, Adam, I was telling Devin this: this 2024 most anticipated list is going to be a slog. It's going to be one I mean, of the hardest Dune. lists we've ever had. We did 2021 somehow. Dune. So we'll make 2024 happen, but the most anticipated we'll next year is going to be rough. I haven't even thought about it, but I bet there's a, I bet there's some good stuff. Maybe. Like, a shit ton of stuff's stuff already been made. Like, but a lot of stuff's already been made. Yeah. That was kind of going to come out at the end of the year. I don't think we're, I don't think this like six, four month or however long strike is really going to have a huge impact on things. Yeah. It pushed some stuff, but like, it's basically this Q4. Writers, uh, you've got all your like Oscar indie yeah. darling shit. And like, yeah, the writers, the writers pushed a lot of stuff back because they can't, they couldn't go back to work until I think it's Thanksgiving. Yeah. And I mean, the actors, the actor strike was so short in comparison, even though it kind of overlapped a lot. Like, yeah. We need to mm-hmm. write a whole bunch of stuff to then be considered, to then be casted for, to be shot. I mean, we'll see these effects probably all spring and all summer, but I would imagine the fall we start seeing some like original properties or properties that were being worked on during the strike. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, we, we saw it today. Marvel already pushed back a lot of their movies to 2025. I'm going to save the Marvel catastrophe stuff another pod but you know since i do have nick on here and we need nick have talked about a lot of this stuff a lot um uh, just no i'm gonna see the marvels in the next few days here still um and loki's finale was tonight they just confirmed there's not a season three so i don't know that leads with the cliffhanger you're hearing a lot of rumors about no kang and all that but nick you you and i were kind of talking about the fatigue the other day It's uh, it's been a long sixteen years of Marvel movies <laughs> of this MCU. That, has it been that? And long? it's like two thousand eight Iron Man. Wow! Like we're heading into sixteen years of this. So it's like, yeah, if you're doing four to five movies a year, and now we're doing TV shows now, it's just the ideas are not. You know, it's just everything takes so long to get anywhere, and that's my issue. It's like I, I don't need. 17 movies to be like okay infinity war where we just wipe out every character bring them back the next movie and then 
we'll start a new phase. And I'm like, I don't need that shit. I don't need 17 more movies to bring me to the Kang dynasty. If that's what it is, because we don't even know if they're going to switch villains yet. We don't know yet. Did you you not like Infinity War? Is that what you're saying? I hated Infinity War. Especially after I watched Endgame. Huh? It was those three hours of movie I didn't need to watch. Nice, because I, I never, never saw Infinity War and I saw Endgame. I, I never can't process. Never I can't process Infinity a War take again. right now on this. My mind is actually what? dull. <laughs> what? That fight scene in Wakanda this. was cool. Everything else, everything else in that movie was completely wiped out by the next movie. I don't need to watch it again. That's a good take. I pushed a button. Wow. I I believe... That's not even a hot take. That's just an accurate take. I think Infinity War is a better movie than Endgame, personally. But I don't want to go down this whole rabbit hole. But we will come back and circle this, because I'm kind of just glitching right now. We talked about Jim Ursay glitching the other day, Nick, in the uh, 7K part. I I don't know how... I'm honestly speechless right now. I don't know how to react to this. That is a take. There it is. You heard it here first. <laughs> I thought me telling you that I liked wow. Eternals was a crazy. No, no one likes Eternals. I do. I liked Eternals. I thought Eternals gets a bad rap. It had, it had, it had incredible, it had incredible potential. It just should have been a TV show. Shouldn't have been a movie. Yes, it literally had them. the best actor that and the that Marvel has ever casted, and they wasted her. Harry Styles. Okay. <laughs> no, now I need to know who who who's the best actor in the MCU. Nick, Angelina Jolie is the best act like actor in the MCU. Better than Ruffalo. Adam. Who else is in? I'm trying to like rack my brain. Ruffalo, on who is Ruffalo, in RDJ. I would say is the best actor. She's won Oscars. She's, you know, she was at the top of the world for years. She was. She was. I would say RDJ's probably ahead. No? I mean, technically, Robert Redford was in one. <laughs> technically, wasn't, didn't, didn't Marvel make Robert Downey Jr.? Yeah, they did. No, technically, no he was Close. made. He oh. was made. He just, got, he got rescued. So isn't Tilda Swinton in the MCU? Glenn Close. Yes. Isn't Glenn Close, Benedict Cumberbatch? Michael, Michael yes. Douglas. MCU. Annette Benning. Oh my God! <laughs> yeah, let's do an Annette Benning take. Adam knows my go, take for Annette Benning. <laughs> Nick loves Annette Benning. Name me a movie she doesn't cry in. <laughs> I can't. Marissa Tomei. By wait, the way. wait, 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 wait! You don't Tomei. like Annette Benning? Hate Annette Benning. How does this another take conversation between between middle aged men? Like you know, you know who I really who really grinds my gears? <laughs> who Annette Benning? We're not talking Annette about Benning. We're not talking about like the best Tony Jaw film or <laughs> or like which John Wick was the best. You're talking about Annette Benning? Yep. We're talking about Annette you guys Benning? brought her up. Not, I'm just not telling you my deep, not the film. Beef with her. <laughs> Holy! Sh- Next thing you're gonna know, you're gonna be like, you know what show's overrated? Murder She Wrote. <laughs> no, Angela Lansbury's a treasure. You watch your mouth. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's better. 
They needed it. They needed a, a murder. Uh. It's an amazing take. Your mind's going to explode. <laughs> this this podcast makes literally no sense, but I'm here for it. I just like, like, I thought Adam had hot takes. Nick has just takes, different takes. Yeah, I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready for these takes. Do you got anything? Do you got any other takes right. there so, that we, we don't so have? So, a friend yet? of mine. A friend of mine went to see the Marvels today. Yeah. And uh, he texted me and said the screen broke or the projector broke like right at the beginning of the movie and they're trying to fix it. Yeah. Like Sound of Freedom? No. (laughs) What? (laughs) Like Sound of Freedom? I don't know. I don't get. Uh, I didn't hear all those conspiracies about the compu- the air conditioning being no. broken, oh, and screens, so people that never couldn't happened. watch that never it. Happened. Um. So yeah, it, bro- it broke, and uh, he said all eight people in the theater were really upset. Wow, that's sad. Which means to say, your friend was also upset then, if he said yeah. all eight. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Just want to clarify. <laughs> in- inclusive of of him. You know, I mean, I, even if I was going to see the Marvels, I would still be mad if the screen, if the projector broke. You know what? The other seven people, the other seven people in the theater were really mad. But you know what? I wasn't. <laughs> I was apathetic. <laughs> I didn't care if I saw this movie one way or the other. I don't even know why I'm here. <laughs> I just showed I heard, up. I heard Annette Benning was in it. <laughs> He could have been because she was in Captain Marvel. Oh yeah, actually, they already spoiled who um one of the one of the cameos in this movie, but because you guys don't like, you know, Marvel movies past a certain vintage, um, we won't uh, we won't waste our breath. Whisper it. Who is it? I don't don't care. I don't want to know. Tessa Tom Tessa Thompson from the Thor movies. Oh, dude, she's in the trailer. Mm -hmm. Well, they were holding. Apparently, they were holding off on that, and then um, the tracking was really low. So then they so they released trailers with, with her in it to kind of. Well, that's like them jazz pretty much saying like, "Is she that big?" The X Men are in this. Wink. That's that's Wait, kind are of they? the big. I don't know, but they're kind of like that's been the big rumor that the X Men are in this. The Kelsey Grant. Oh, okay, X-Men. well, the Beast is in it. Oh, Kelsey, Kelsey Grammer, fresh, right. fresh off the Fraser reboot. Yeah, the, the, you watching that yet? It's no, Grammer songs, man. No, no Niles and no Daphne. I heard. Nope. And yeah. the dog too. R.I.P. And the dad. dad? Like what? Dad what is this show? What uh, is the show? And none of them are in it. Well, the show. The show is called Fraser. It's about the main character named Fraser. So I heard I heard one of the characters is Niles and Daphne's son, who's like yeah. 20 years old now. Yeah. Yeah. Like you can't just have a fake surrogate character. None of this works. It worked in Godfather 3. 
why didn't they just spin him off into like it's already a spinoff of Cheers? Like just throw him to like a whole nother city. Just do Cheers again, fresh. but everybody's back at the bar and they're all grizzled and old. It'd be great. I'm in. Didn't Coach die? Yeah, the spinoff. Didn't the spinoff is Chrissy Alley. There is Cheers yeah. too. Haven't Chrissy a lot Alley. of them died? No. Reed didn't Ted still alive? Is George Wentz? George Wentz still alive? Right. <laughs> I think so. Woody's alive. I think. Oh, Last I checked, ba- barely. What he's still going? You put dead dancing <laughs> in something, I'm in. John Rosenberg's still dead alive. Dead dancing. George Wentz still okay, alive. Josh, Josh, first, first it was Bobby Cannavale, and now it's Ted dancing. Who else is on your "I'm in no matter what" list? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I'd have to go through. Oh, Josh is too many. Who does too he want many Ted to dancing? <laughs> Larry David. Larry David. Really? 100%. <laughs> I'm 100 percent into Larry David. Wait, Larry, Larry David. David hates, Larry hates David. Is that a well-known fact? It's in the no, show. No, in the show. It's oh, in the show. Okay. He's fucking his wife. He, he, yeah, he steals his wife. Speaking of yeah. which, season 12 get announced. Yeah. 12, 13, yeah. February. Probably I don't know the last how one. Interested I am. I'm, I'm so tired. What was the last season? Uh, what happened in the- doesn't really matter. Like no matter what they do, it's it's always going to be solid. The young, the young Larry. They're they're young casting. Larry. They're doing. Uh, he wanted to cast his yeah, daughter young Larry. in the show. Yeah, right. Uh, that's what it was. Um, I need to know Yeah, terrible. Season was, was not good. good. No, that show needs to. It should have stopped after the Seinfeld one. Yeah. I have a question. I don't know. The Michael J. Fox is pretty good. Only oh, bits. Yeah. Only bits. I have a question about how Curb actually works because in the show Curb, Larry plays himself, who is famous for writing Seinfeld, correct? Yes. True. And upon writing Seinfeld, became one of the most famous comedy people in America for the last. 30 years right yet he continues to gallivant around town not being treated like this a plus 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 list celebrity whom every who'd hound him wherever he went do larry david doesn't actually do any things in real life these situations don't happen in real life because he's too famous to do them well before curb he wasn't that famous he was very rich but i don't think people knew larry david by face Sure. Well, okay. You might know. You might know Brenner. name, but you might know name because of the sh- because of Seinfeld. Yeah. But you might not even know that. So he could do whatever. Like he was just around. Okay, that works for but a couple living... years. But and so work. it works for a few years. Yeah. Um, but like the places he goes are with other celebrities. Like he's he's involved in these other things. Like you and it's also L.A. Like L.A. is a totally different place where everybody's a celebrity. So who cares about Larry David? When like but, Seth Rogen is like on set beside him. No, I get that, but right, but like Larry David can't do a lot of things he does in public, being that famous. That's all. Like he just doesn't. He doesn't act like someone who's famous in public. That's all. Like it's just kind of. I don't think it's realistic. Have you ever seen the show? Or are you yes. just like? No, I've seen it, but like, okay, <laughs> you theoretically everybody like. I'm not it saying, every, like, theoretically, everywhere he'd go, people would be, like, pointing and saying, that's him, 
or too afraid to come up to him or interrupting his meal or interrupting him doing literally every random day things to even have because his friends in the show they're not playing themselves are they Super Dave some wasn't playing are. Super Dave. Sir, uh, no, but some of them are playing like versions of themselves. <laughs> yeah, Jerry's out. <laughs> like Richard Lewis was Richard Lewis. Yes. Richard Lewis is Richard Lewis. Even like like Jeff is not playing himself, but he uses his name. Yeah. But is Jeff an is, that, is um, like, Jeff an actor in the show? I'm agent. actually curious. I don't know. Agent. No, he's he's his, he's his agent. Yeah. Okay, he's an actor. In he's Larry's life. agent. Yeah, he's an actor in real life. Yeah, JB Smooth is pretty much JB Smooth. He's Leon, but he's he's JB. <laughs> this yeah. is this is getting too meta for me. I actually don't know where like celebrity begins and ends anymore, and I'm getting really freaked out. I, I think I think if you're in LA, I think it's not as big of a deal to see celebrities. And I think if you're visiting LA and you saw Larry David, it would be low on your average person celebrity list to get excited about. Yeah, because most of the people that uh, like him aren't going to be like the super crazy fan people. Like, oh, cool, I saw Larry David. No, I, yeah, good. yeah, I don't think the average person's going to notice who Larry David is. If my parents were walking in L.A. and Larry David walked right by them, they wouldn't know who that is. Yeah, for sure they wouldn't. Exactly. Like Bubba and Harriet from Missouri go out there, like they're not being like, oh, Larry David, Bubba and Harriet. <laughs> <laughs> I only is it was that an AI couple? Because I need to know their story. <laughs> and yeah. they meet and they meet it's, Larry David. It's not interesting. And they're like, "Who is this?" Wait, but this is actually becoming a new idea. So it's not an AI a, a idea anymore. <laughs> no, it's fresh. Okay, Josh, do we have any other like taglines here? Um, nothing uh, particularly. I mean, the content has been you know pretty dry. I mean uh there hasn't been like that you know if we we were on a run of like premium tv thank god the morning show is finally done i can escape my nightmare of having to watch that terrible fucking show we'll do maybe a recap next week dev but thank god it's done i i'm stuck in that show though i have to finish it it got renewed for another season so i will go until the very end of it senator is really excited to do a podcast on it because he loved it and i think he's serious that's, that's the weird thing when you know a show is god awful, <laughs> people love it like seriously and i'm like and i don't think anyone like but doesn't he do doesn't he do a whole podcast on reality tv yeah and like not jokingly like seriously yeah but i've met so, a few people like hey I, the I morning show is like, so with a grain good. Of salt. like morning show is better than succession i'm like you need to watch more tv I wanna, it's I wanna hoping put... Jennifer Aniston become a billionaire like Dev was hoping for. I will tell you, John Hamm does <laughs> every single fucking possible thing. He he is coming in like prime Jordan, like Jordan in like 86 against the Celtics when <laughs> Whoa, Jordan has okay. a bunch of scrubs and he's doing literally everything he can. And Bird is like, that wasn't Jordan, that was God. That's almost the level of performance John Hamm has given in the morning show to try to save that show. Wow, I there's there's got to be a way better Michael Jordan '86 Bulls comparison than John Hamm on the Morning Show. Like I'm you're talking like in all of TV yeah, history, in all of TV history, this is like should you that's want? A funny it, it, it's like the 07 Cavs with LeBron. Even it's literally a bunch of scrubs, and he has to carry the show. Because I I don't know what happened to Reese Witherspoon. She was great. She. Her stock, man, 
way way down like she she's not going to the hall of fame no more it's done it's a it's a she's washed she is washed wow. no longer goaded no she hasn't no. been good since legally blonde hot no take. no you're not wrong <laughs> i can't think of anything i've seen with her in it uh, uh what was johnny is Cassidy jennifer aniston in that show one uh, american psycho oh yeah good call Anderson's just had like ago. a consistent run there, but um, but yeah, Ham Ham carries that shit in this last season. No way, I like if okay if he wins multiple Emmys for his appearance on that show, I will say it's like eighty six Jordan or he won't. Or no one should be nominated for this show. It's terrible. <laughs> That's what I mean. Yeah, he's not winning. They were still. They were still household A plus celebrity. Okay, fine. I'll give you. A, I'll give you a more realistic one. It's like the current Carolina <laughs> Panthers with Adam Thielen, where it's someone that is there really, go. really good and go. doing everything he can, and he deserves better. And he has he's up there in receiving yards and touchdowns, but his team sucks. There you go. John Hamm is yeah, Adam that. Thielen on the Carolina take Panthers. Take that guy I never heard of. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying we should save, we should save the, some of those comparisons for like, I'm trying to think of a, of a TV example, like home improvement. <laughs> no, you're not comparing Tim Allen to Michael Jordan. No, <laughs> no I'm saying that that was, that's like, <laughs> I'm what saying trying to do here. No one else on that show. No one else on that show was doing any heavy lifting. Like it's all Tim Allen hey, on that you show. Get he's, Al's he's, name out of your Oh, you leave Richard Karn out of this. Yeah, you leave Richard Karn out of this shit. What did he do to you? But he does like ninety nine percent of the work. <laughs> there would be no show if you replaced him out hey, with anyone. You get like JTT's celebrity. name out of your mouth. He is selling out Scholastic Book Fair posters everywhere. Okay. Yeah, because he's on the show. He like, is going to be because Huck Tim Finn, Allen's on it, and he's going to be Pinocchio. Okay. Yo, Pinocchio is real. Okay, we got to wrap up. Comparing, stop yeah, comparing yeah. Tim Allen to Michael Jordan. <laughs> hey, you um, haven't seen? Okay. Uh, any? Okay, uh, I'm like, just any... gonna, I'm just saying. I'm saying Tim Allen's performance in Home Improvement was probably more get on my back than John Hammond Morning Show. <laughs> Is there any? Uh, before I go, Nick and Adam, I'll go to you, Adam. Any any movie or show that you've seen that you kind of? I mean. We'll have to bring you on here for the Nathan Fielder show, obviously, coming up here. That's like the next, I think, midnight show. Midnight tonight. Oh, yeah, tonight. Yeah, midnight tonight. It's out, I think. Nice. Okay, well, we will have to. I I don't know if they're dropping the whole thing, but I think it might be. Okay, it's going on Crave in Canada? I think so. Yeah. Great. So we will bring you back on for that because that's like the last big show, I think, of 20. 23 i'm still just catching up on dave and reservation dog like all these other shows dave was good this year the dave episode where he goes to atlanta yeah is Is that season three yeah yeah i haven't seen it yet season three out on disney so many levels uh no i don't think so okay i see it when i was watching it at my parents house but it was like um 
yeah it's because it's funny because it's like kind of a dig at atlanta and then it's also got like the most famous people ever in this yeah. episode mm-hmm. like crazy cameos it's great Very, that's the whole season funny. the whole season is cameos and dave are at like crazy curb curb is like curb is like uh or uh dave is like gen z curb basically yeah i can it's like curb for millennials i can 100 percent agree like with it, it's become the com- the comedy has like become to that level where it's yeah. like kind of like that and it's quirky 100 yeah. um 100 and it, it's it's really neurotic like his character yeah i haven't thought about that it's like it's like so biographical it seems fake i know glover was pissed because he thought yes. that dave yeah. was on his his corner i know ne- i never really got that parallel I mean, it was a show about a rapper. Yeah, coming I up think to Dave being a rapper. Is a different level show. Like, obviously, like Atlanta is like Twin Peaks with hip hop. I don't think Dave is like that. I think the way you explain Dave makes way more sense. Mm-hmm. They're trying um, to tackle totally different things. Atlanta is better, I'm gonna yes. say, but I still yes. really like Dave. Uh, Nick, any content or anything you've been watching that you want to talk about quick before we get out of here? Your favorite event, um, film? Yeah, nothing crazy. I finished that Gen V. Um, it was good. Yeah. Um, I, I think yeah. it was the biggest surprise of the year for me. Yeah, I really liked it. I thought it was good. Um, I like the violence in the boys and to have it carry over into this show was awesome. Yeah. You know, I'll take limbs. That was wild. Yeah. It only gets more violent. I I would say I saw the first episode of Invincible. I don't know if you saw it yet, Dev. It's no. very just. I, everyone's like, it's the best. I I I have to see a little bit more, but I don't think a show gets more overhyped than Invincible does. I'm sure Adam would argue Succession, um, but I, I don't. I Invincible's fine. It's it's a good show, but man, people over obsess about it. I kind of hate watch both uh, the boys and Invincible. I don't. I don't hate it. I just don't know if I find good what everyone else finds good about it. I think after watching Gen V, I'm actually excited. This is the most excited for a season of the boys I've ever been now after Gen V. That's how good Gen V was this year. I'll put it on my list. Yeah. All right. Thanks uh, to Adam, Nick, and Devin for being part of this big rundown. The writers and the actor strikes are both concluded, and uh, now we will hopefully get some uh, movies uh, eventually. Uh, we'll bring Adam back to talk about the Nathan Fielder show, and uh, obviously Oscar season is heating up. Oh, I guess that's the last thing. Did he, I know Devin has it, and I have it because our schedules are stupid. Um, but if Nick or Adam, have you seen Killers of the Flower Moon? Not yet. Not yet. I hear only good things, which means it's probably mediocre. I hear only three hours (laughs) and 30 minutes. The the craziest take I heard was someone said that was Robert De Niro's greatest performance of all time and it wasn't close. I'm like, okay, that's that's, that's Mm. saying something. There's layers Mm. to this. Depends, Depends how long, depends how long he's in the movie for. If he's in it for if he's the if he stars it like for the for two and a half hours of the three out three and a half hours okay great but if he's in it for five minutes and he has like knockout performance yeah of course because his average is gonna be so high yeah but like he's good for five minutes versus a movie deer hunter or taxi driver or raging bull or goodfellas or the list goes on. dirty grandpa dirty now you're you're just listing off his credits 
Amen. <laughs> dirty ground. I know I'm not going to take my take on dirty ground. But it's too late. <laughs> I could, I could convince you. I swear. I do want to see it. I've never been someone that like clamors at the latest Scorsese movie. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'll see it eventually. I thought you were talking about Dirty Grandpa for a second. <laughs> oh no, I don't even know what really what that is. I've just seen the poster. Aubrey Plaza does. She 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 does some work in that movie. She carries that movie. Zac Efron is that Zac Efron? That's uh, Iron Claw's Zac Efron. Yeah, they had the premiere today, by the way, or last night. Yep, I saw Iron Claw. Yeah, that one. So that's coming out right before Christmas, and next week I'm gonna go see this new Nick Cage movie. There you go. Uh, Dream scenario, which looks amazing. Nice. Yeah, got to round out the year with more Nick Cage. Right now, what do you have for the uh, the Oscar winner, uh, Adam? Is it Oppenheimer for you? For me, or what I think will what do you, what do you think will be? I don't. I honestly don't know. It's between that and Killers of the Flower Moon. Yeah, I think those are the two, but probably shouldn't be. Yeah, as long as right. it's not Maestro, that looks yeah. bad. Yeah, I've heard. I've heard mixed scenes on that. All right, we will get out of here. Thanks to Adam, Nick, and Devin. Until next time, folks. Cheers and enjoy the day, people. Thank you for listening to Fresh Take Network. Follow us on social media platforms at Fresh Take 42.